Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, this is John Katsimatidis, and boy, what a show we have for you today. And uh, we're in the studio. We got uh, Rudy Washington, Deputy Mayor for Mayor Giuliani, and Rita Cosby. Rita, it was some day today. I mean, I flew you all just the way. got back from Virginia. <laughs> it was a nice lunch in Virginia. Yeah, what did you? You met with uh, Governor Youngkin, very impressive governor. Very impressive governor, and he's got a good career. I mean, he's a good future person in uh, in our country. Well, you know, uh, John, I think. Looking at that debate, I really didn't see anybody on the stage that could replace uh, Donald Trump. I, I heard somebody in uh, say that this was the junior varsity team. Yeah, I saw many me's. You know, um, <laughs> uh, DeSantis really modeled his. It reminds me of the seventeen people that are on stage with Donald Trump in twenty sixteen. There was nobody or twenty twenty. Yeah, where he knocked him over the, like dominoes. The, there was not one that could knock him over. And, and in the studio too, we got Curtis Lewa. And Curtis, uh, you're supposed to give us a report. What the heck is going on? You're yelling at Eric Adams. Eric Adams is yelling at you. Governor Hochul is yelling at everybody and. Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Director, is shooting all of you. What the, what tell us what's really knows how to put them together. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. But John, uh, yesterday, Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Director, uh, actually issued letters attacking both Adams and Hochul and saying, you don't know how to handle the migrant issue. Uh, we've sent a federal task force in, and they've observed all the locations that you've housed the migrants. And essentially, to boil it down, you don't know what you're doing. Which, by the way, is such a joke. That guy, I, I get so angry. His job is to protect the homeland. It is outrageous. That guy should be impeached. But remember, it is disgusting. The last time they went to Washington, Eric Adams said, he was going to assign him a liaison, a communications guy to smooth the communication. They never even did that. Never mind. They haven't given Eric Adams a nickel, dime, a penny of federal money. Not Biden, not Schumer, not Hakeem Jeffries. And then Eric Adams didn't say anything. Hochul didn't say anything. So today it's like I finished the rip and read and the guy hit me so many times. I think my mother in her grave felt the vibrations. I'm figuring like, you got to punch up. I'm not your problem. I'm just a messenger. I'm organizing rallies in communities who don't want migrants and migrants. Peaceful, peaceful rallies. Right, peaceful rallies. But I think he's frustrated now. So uh, he didn't like the fact that we were at Gracie Mansion on Sunday. And all we said at Gracie Mansion is you offered to house migrant families here a month ago. You then did a, a pivot and shift and said you're not permitted to. And then you've you've moved migrants all over the city. You got to stop doing this. He's got to take. He's got to name and shame Joe Biden and Mayorkas. He's got to take the gloves off. They're beating him up every which way. And he's and by not the way, responding. when he spoke out briefly, guys, do you listen, remember when listen, he spoke out? Listen, they took guys, him off the guys, campaign committee. Guys, look what happened. It's a hard battle look for him. Look what happened to Andrew Cuomo when he took the gloves off at the White House. That's what I was just saying, John. Adams. Uh, Adams, Adams doesn't want to. Yes. Adams the same thing happened to him. And, and, John, they took him off the campaign committee. Remember, he was on right, the campaign right. committee, the re-election committee. That was like That was step one. That's what I'm saying. That's nothing. And, you know, we're looking at a tyrannical government. 
as sad as that statement may be, but you know, if I'm Adams, I'm sitting there thinking, what are my vulnerabilities? Because if he goes after Biden, like what you just said, Kat, about Andrew Cuomo, he'll go, they'll go after Adams the same way. There was bullets supplied by by Washington for Andrew Cuomo to be shot down. Well, I'll tell you this: if Eric Adams does not come up with a plan, he's—I call him the Swagger Man with no plan. Yeah, and he didn't like that. No, but, <laughs> but he called himself the Swagger Man. I didn't do that. It's just after close to two years, Look, we don't have a plan with the migrant situation. The truth is. I like Eric Adams as a person. I think he's a good guy. And, and I think yeah. uh, Rudy Washington, you feel the same way. And I do, hey, too. He's I, a good you know, guy. We want, hey, we all supported him. We wanted him to work, to, to make it work. Now, Curtis, you got a lot of street cred. How do you see the city a year from now? Because I think we're dealing with organized gangs a year from now, roaming the streets. Oh, easily. Oh, you mean, are we going to go down to Los Angeles type of yes, gangs? Yes, those type of gangs. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Oakland, where they come in in mass and they just loot. They don't shoot, but they just do massive looting. And they're looking for high tech here because there's a lot of high tech here. That's a lot of cash. But one, his biggest problem, though, is with his own constituency, African-Americans. I've been out in the streets. They can't understand why all their needs have been put to the back of the line and migrants who we don't even know who are not citizens get everything. Imagine. Friday night, I'm on 125th and Lex with the Guardian Angel Patrol. The men line up to go to Ward's Island, the shelter there. It's the last bus. You don't you don't make it by 10, you lose your bed. Migrants have no curfew. So the guys online, three who were veterans, say, I'm in a dormitory room with eight guys. Some of them have medical issues. Some have uh, psych issues. I serve this country. They get hotel rooms. And I get a dormitory room on Wards Island, and I've been to the Wards Island shelter. It's a disaster. The anger is coming from the African American community. There's only one solution. You know, we're going to go to Alan Dershowitz for, uh, in a second. There's only one solution, the solution I gave him. Put them all on Rikers Island, uh, and guess what? Examine them. Make sure they, they don't have diseases. Make sure don't send the kids to our schools with our school kids uh, if you haven't checked them for no diseases. Well, I mean, Rudy, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right, and but, Tish James is going after say, it. Saying, if you say that he won't take on Biden, then on that issue. He won't take agree. on Biden. Right. It looks like he won't take on Biden because look what happened to Andrew Cuomo when he okay. did take a Biden. But he can, what a mess. He can take on AOC. And AOC and the socialists don't want Rikers Island used for anything. They want to close down. He's got to take on AOC on that issue. The mass majority of people would support that. Even I think 80% of the people, I'll give you my estimate. Yes. 80% of the people, Democrats, Independents, and Republicans, would support Eric Adams if he took over Rikers Island, put them there, and, 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 mm-hmm. and check them out, and release them into community as they get yeah, their, their working, You're saying their working passes. You're saying vet them, John. Vet, vet, them, them. vet them. Exactly. That's the important thing. Just, just like they did on Ellis Island. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was on with Errol Lewis last night in New York One. He was getting getting ready to give me a, a rough time. And I used your proposal, John, yeah. Rikers Island. 
He didn't argue it all that much. Yeah, it's not me. It, it, it's a safe island. Right. We didn't put alligators around the island. No. Let's go to Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> yep. Professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us. You can see what a mess the whole migrant thing is. I want to get your take. Did you see Texas Governor Greg Abbott is now saying he plans to fight protecting his border all the way to the Supreme Court. Because, of course, the Biden administration suing him over those buoys, the temporary buoys. Does he have an argument? Will this be heard by the Supreme Court, Professor Dershowitz? No one ever knows what the Supreme Court will decide to hear, but it seems like the kind of case the Supreme Court should decide. They've stayed away largely from immigration issues because they're so difficult. And, you know, immigrants don't have the same constitutional rights that citizens have, obviously, uh, but nonetheless, the government is required to treat them fairly. So the few immigrant cases that have gone to the Supreme Court um, ha- have not resolved the current issues. So they're, they're open issues, and uh, I hope the Supreme Court does take it and does resolve it. Look, we all want legal immigrants to come into this country and make the country better than it is, as immigrants have done for the last hundreds of years, but we want everybody to stand online and do it the right way and comply with the rule of law and not not uh, get head starts over people who did it legally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go ahead, John. And we want no terrorists, no drug dealers. Uh, no. We want to make sure if they're going to send kids up here and they're going to let them in, that we should those kids should be vetted and make sure they don't have any diseases when they go to school with our kids. Yeah, and these are legislative matters that Congress could take a larger role in dealing with. Obviously, right now, the executive branch has made most of the decisions, and Congress has taken a back seat. Congress can control our borders. It's not under the Constitution allocated to the executive. It's something that Congress can do. They can establish rules. They can establish priorities. And I think I think Congress can do a much better job. Of course, Congress is divided now, and it's very hard to get Congress to do uh, anything that gets a consensus of support. But I think the vast majority of Americans support immigration reform, rational immigration reform. Yeah, I'm just really watching it. But I think there would be bipartisan support. Um, You know, if if uh, there was a reasonable uh, uh, idea to close the border, I you know, Hakeem Jeffries and Chuck Schumer have gotten a pass being New York state representatives. I think if someone wants to put together a, a, a plan to close the border and seal it, uh, you'll find bipartisan support for that. No, I agree with you. What you get from the New York delegation is a lot of talk, uh, particularly the AOC wing of the party. And then, you know, Schumer usually is on both sides of every issue. And and uh, we need leadership. We need congressional leadership to try to create a consensus that can get both parties in support of what most Americans want. The vast majority of Americans want a rational approach to immigration, and we're not getting it. And, you know, Professor Alan Dershowitz, I also got to ask you, of course, about all this stuff with Trump. Uh, they yeah. just set the date. This is the D.C. federal elections case. And the Georgia one set the same date. Surprise, surprise. Rudy Washington's laughing because it, it's just so yeah, transparent. The day before Super Tuesday. I mean, talk that, about election but, interference. But can can imagine the lawyer. The lawyer has just been told that he has to review 12,700,000 pages of Jenks and Brady material. That is material 
that can contain exculpatory information. You know what prosecutors do. Everybody who's a prosecutor knows this trick. You send them a haystack and you put a needle in the haystack. And among the 17 million page, 12,700,000 pages, there may be uh, 500 pages that are relevant, but but you can't find them. You have to read every page. At at that rate, you'd have to read, I think, it's 7,000 pages a day. Nobody can do that. And you can't be ready for trial in six months and a case as complex as this. And if I were the, the lawyer, I would refuse to participate. A judge can't make me engage in malpractice or ineffective assistance of counsel. It's like asking a brain surgeon to operate without looking at the CAT scan, the PET scan, and the blood test. No lawyer can responsibly try this case within six months. Uh, professor, what's the answer? I mean, I mean, the, the rule of law is being ignored right now. I mean, why doesn't – you're standing up and you're saying it. Why doesn't every lawyer in the in our country stand up and say it? It's a tyrannical Most government. The lawyers Those lawyers would be punished. They take the opposite view. There's this Project 65, which is sworn. It will go after any lawyer that defends Trump or anybody associated with How Trump. How sad is that? Wait, and when I complained about it and wrote an op-ed, what do you think they did? They filed a bar complaint against me designed to make sure I couldn't get involved in the Trump case or any other cases because you can't get pro hoc admission if you have a bar complaint against you. So they deliberately filed the bar complaint against me to keep me out of the game and to keep other lawyers out of the game. It's McCarthyism. It's just old fashioned McCarthyism. But, but, but I, I just can't believe it's happening in the United States of America. You know, well, by the way, you know, we have I Congressman uh, uh, Byron Donald. Congressman Byron, and what does he want to bring up? Yep, and we've got, in fact, you want to stay with us, Professor Dershowitz, if you could? I can for a few more minutes. Okay, yeah. great, perfect. Let's bring in Florida Congressman Byron Donald. Yeah, get to the point with, yeah, your, with and, the Congressman. And Congressman, you, I know, uh, as we're talking about the double standards of justice, uh, your thoughts on where this is going. Did you see this story, first off? First off, your reaction to the uh, the fact that it's a day before Super Tuesday, the Trump case. Well, my reaction is this is like one of the, um, oh my gosh. I mean, first, it's just stupid. Two, it is, this is the, the judge, the judge in this case, uh, uh, injecting herself in the middle of an election. Um, we've never done anything like this in the history of our country. The Department of Justice for a long time, their, their whole, their whole, up until currently, their whole upper, uh, modus operandi was is that when you get close to an election, they just hold off on charges because they don't want to interfere in an election. Now right. you have a federal judge putting herself right in the middle of a, of a federal election, and you have Jack Smith doing the same, you have Fannie and Willis doing the same. This is wrong. We also have Alan Dershowitz on the phone with you right now. Alan, I mean, everybody knows it's wrong. What do we do, Alan? Well, first, there should be appeals. Uh, the, the Trump people should appeal the date. Uh, it's called either a writ of mandamus or an interlocutory appeal. You can take it immediately to the Court of Appeals and say, uh, if I were a lawyer, I would say, I'm sorry, I'm not appearing in this case. I'm not going to uh, be involved in malpractice. And the lawyers should be filing appeals in this case right now, not waiting until it's after a trial. Because, you know, the strategy of the other side is to get down and dirty convictions before the election, and then they'll be reversed on appeal. But the reversal will be after the election, and that shouldn't right. be allowed to go on. 
Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Professor, um, uh, stay with us if you could, Professor Dershowitz, Congressman Byron Donald. The other big news today, uh, all these aliases tied to Biden, these fake email names, you know, that came out and he's ceasing his son. This is a bombshell. The National Archives revealing it has 5,400 Biden emails in which the president, then he was VP, potentially used fake names and CC'd his son, a lot of it tied to business. Your reaction, can, can Congressman? The, wait, can the vice president of the United States do that? Apparently he can. And, and again, this goes to the, to the issue that's really been through this administration, and I will add also through the Obama administration. They would repeatedly tell us they were the most transparent administration in history. Meanwhile, you have emails with using aliases, Hillary Clinton had a server in her house, basically violate, in violation of the Espionage Act. You had uh, the FISA warrants that were manipulated. You had the fact that they were briefed on Crossfire Hurricane, that phony information was laundered into the intelligence com- uh, community, and everybody turned a blind eye to this stuff. So it actually does not shock me that he had emails with aliases. What it really does, it actually continues to color in the picture of a web of corruption surrounding Joe Biden. And in my view, a web of corruption that he purposefully created to give himself plausible deniability. Alan Dershowitz, last word. Last word is we need to have equal application of the law to Democrats and Republicans. Neither side should be able to weaponize the legal system to help their partisans. And I hope people understand why a person like me, who's a liberal Democrat who plans to vote against Trump for the third time, is going to stand up for Trump's rights like I would stand up for the rights of any Democrat. You don't let partisan politics get in the way of defending the Constitution. And uh, Congressman, uh, last word in terms of where is this going with Biden? Will there be an impeachment inquiry? What will the Congress do? Exactly. We're waiting for the Supreme Court. We're waiting for the uh, appeals courts to do something. What will Congress do? Well, first things first, I'm going to do my best to try to convince Alan Dershowitz that it's actually in the country's interest to him, for him not to to him to vote for Donald Trump uh, next uh-huh. fall. So that'll be one of my personal projects. <laughs> but where Congress is going, I think that we are going to launch an impeachment inquiry. And if you have watched the House, the House under Kevin McCarthy, we have been very deliberate in our investigative process. We've had members file articles of impeachment on, on various members of the Biden administration, but we have not let that deter us from doing the painstaking work that Congress should do if you're going to end up with an impeachment proceeding on the floor of the House of Representatives. I believe we've been would, doing this the appropriate way. Keep us posted. I would, be appropriate. I would be opposed to an impeachment based on the record that I see right now. I don't see treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. I see, again, a weaponization of impeachment the way it was weaponized against Donald Trump. And I would support Biden as strongly as I supported Trump if they have an unconstitutional impeachment directed against him. Well, wow. that Both of you, interesting discussion. Uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, great to have you here. And Congressman Byron Donald, you got to come back on again soon. We love having you here and on the show. Congressman, be safe. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Let's you so much. Let's take a break right now. And coming in from Florida it's going to be the CFO of Florida, Jimmy Petronas. The hurricanes are hitting there. The They're scared of what's going on with the electric cars. Let's take a break and come back with a report from Florida. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Calling in from uh, Florida, we have Jimmy Petronas, the CFO of Florida. Uh, Jimmy, what the heck is going on down there? Hey, Mr. John, look, uh, I thought Mother Nature was going to come vacation to New York, but she decided to take a stop and sunny florida because the taxes are cheaper down here so but but anyway, the indians got, tell us the hurricanes never hit st pete tampa have they is it going to hit st pete tampa no so i mean it got me really worried that part of the state has been incredibly fortunate now the problem you might see in that tampa bay market is storm surge um which could be as much i, I was talking to jim cantori last night he says it can be as much as seven feet so, I mean, that that's a problem. And I tell people that storm surge, you you know, you, you run from the water, you hide from the wind. And that storm surge in that market's definitely something to be concerned about. Hey, Jimmy, so many people live there. Jimmy, how far could that surge push in into land? So uh, with what you saw in Hurricane Ian, um, it was, you know, you you can see the surge up to not quite probably uh, I wouldn't say a mile but you know definitely thousand feet in but you know it's it's that immediate impact of the storm surge where is to be concerned is that, about. It, 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 is that the ahead. one that uh, that uh, when Tampa Bay was was completely uh, wiped out when it, the bay itself went out and then came in later so, so both Hurricane Ian and Irma both sucked. Tampa Bay dry because of the path of the storm and the rotation. So it depends on what side of the storm that you're on is what the bays and lagoons and bodies of water are going to do. You know, Jimmy, you had a tweet yesterday. I retweeted it. John retweeted it. When we saw it, we're like, it was a powerful reminder about electric vehicles in the middle of all this. Tell everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the Tampa Bay market's a big deal. You think about how many EVs are in the St. Petersburg, Tampa, Hillsborough County, Pinellas area. If you get a storm surge, saltwater and EVs do not mix. Uh, y'all were, y'all were very on top of this last year with Hurricane Ian. We had 20 different spontaneous EV fires because of the, just the, the not compatibility of saltwater and those lithium ion batteries. So again, I'm reminding people, if you've got an EV and you're on the coastal area of Florida, I'd go put it in a parking garage. Or go drive it to uh, to somewhere on higher ground. You don't want to take a chance of getting it next to salt water. If there's if you have an EV in your garage and and there's a storm surge, storm surge, and the EV catches fire and burns down your house, are you covered by insurance? Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem. You you know who's who's at fault? You know the house survived, but then the EV caught fire. So technically, you'd be going after the you know the the EV bank manufacturer and or your, your car insurance. 
So, I mean, it's uh, the, the governor said that today we were we were out touring around the state and he pointed out the house in Sanibel Island that the house survived. But the EV in the house three days later burned out the house. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. What a know. mess. Yeah, so now well, what? Well, the insurance companies are going to get smart and say if you if you're stupid enough to live, leave your EV in your garage and it burns down the house, I'm not going to cover you. It'll probably yeah, be an I exclusion. Mean, and so, you know, next next week we're having a conference. So I'm I, I'm the state fire marshal. We've got a state fire college, and next week we're doing a big symposium just on dealing with EV and EV related fires uh, because it's a it's it's a real issue. And I know people say, oh, well, there's more gas cars that catch on fire than EVs. The problem is, is EVs you can't put them out. You got to let them burn to the ground. And then, to your point, the the consequences of those other affected parties because of the EV. Uh, and the damage it can do to, you know, you know, the the house or the building that it's stored in. So tell us the location now of the hurricane, and it, is it going to hit Tallahassee uh, head on? What's going to? Where's so, it going to hit? So they they feel like the western side of the storm is going to hit Tallahassee. It's going to be going north into what we call Jefferson County, Franklin County, uh, Taylor County. That's Perry, Florida. That's uh, U.S. Highway 98, U.S. Uh, 27, uh, Veterans Parkway, that whole area. So it's the Big Bend area of Florida. If you look at Florida as an elbow, that's where we see the story going right now as a trajectory, making landfall sometime tomorrow morning. Jeremy Petronas, wow. thank you for the report. Thank you for telling all New Yorkers, all uh, Americans what the heck is going on, especially with electric cars. We've got to get smarter. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Stay safe. Well, Yes, what else? Anything else? Yeah, if anybody's looking for help, they can go visit volunteerflorida.org, and that way you know that your donation won't be mishandled and we'll make sure it affects those folks that are most – y'all are so generous up there. I I know I'm pretty hard on New Yorkers, but y'all got a big heart. So, you know, whatever y'all can do to help, we appreciate it. And you have a lot of New Yorkers down there, by the way, Jimmy, too. So you took a lot of them. You know that. (laughs) We do. We got a bunch of good ones. (laughs) Y'all take care. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, I understand Rona McDaniel's on the line. Yeah, we we should take her, I think, after the break. Let's take Rona. Well, let's take 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 the Rona now, and then we'll take the break after that. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, no, no. We can do that because we're not on syndication yet. Yeah, perfect. Okay, good. All right. Let's go. Rona. What the heck is going on? One of your friends, I won't mention no name, said uh, during the debate it was the junior varsity. (laughs) Does any one of those people have the ability to to do a knockout punch against uh, Donald Trump? And, of course, we're talking about the first debate uh, last week. Guilty as charged. Last week. Listen, everybody knows I wanted to see everybody on the stage. I certainly wanted to see President Trump on the stage. I think... The voters will decide, right? In Iowa, New Hampshire, it's just beginning. Um, I always am saying this is the beginning of the general election, and we're going to need independent voters to win, and we need to be getting our message out as much as possible to those voters. You know, I saw Francis Suarez, by the way, one's already dropped out a few hours ago, the mayor of Miami. Do you think we're going to see more of them dropping out of the race? Uh, you know, I think money will decide that for a lot of them. But I just got to say, Francis Suarez is such a class act. And the night that I called him to let him know that he had not made the polling threshold, he was such a gentleman and so supportive and said, whatever I can do for the party, and I have tough decisions to make. 
and just said, I'm, I'm a team player and I'm going to be there. And I, I texted him today. He's such a bright star for our party. I hope everybody's watching him, but I'm, I'm very grateful to him and, and what he does as mayor of Miami. And he is a true, true class act. And uh, any, we have September. What is it? September something is the next debate. Yeah, in Reagan at uh, the Reagan Library. Uh, and yeah, the Reagan uh, how Library. many? How many people? How many members do you think will participate? No, no names. How many? Uh, your gut feeling. Yeah. My gut feeling is that we might actually go up to nine for that one. Wow! Oh wow! Oh, so wait, that's interesting. Wait a yeah. minute. So, Rona, all right, I got to ask you. You ju- you know us. You just piqued our interest. There were eight on the last one. This is a tougher yeah. criteria. Uh, who's the ninth? I don't know. I just think there might be somebody. I don't I don't think it's going to be President Trump, but I do think that somebody might hit that 3% threshold that so, didn't make the first if, debate if, stage. If I recall. Is it a uh, name that's out there already? Yeah. If I yeah. recall, it was a lawsuit. Uh, he was claiming that he did make it for this one, but obviously... Uh, that went against him. Um, the guy from California? The guy from California, right. The black guy from the California. Guy. Good guy. Larry yeah. Elder. Larry, Larry, Larry Elder, Elder. Yes. Man. Yeah, I think he'll be the ninth. Yeah. Is that who you're uh, expecting, maybe, Rona? I have to stay quiet. I think there's a couple of them who have a real shot to get to 3%, and that's what we said. We applied the criteria evenly without bias. And we said to everybody, you still have the potential to make it for California. So just keep working and and we will honor the criteria, which is now 3% and two national polls and 50,000 small, uh, unique donors. You know, it's going to be a hot topic uh, because also it's it's Fox Business Network and it's Univision. And of course, it's Correct. California. So the migrant issue, uh, the border is going to be a huge issue, I would think, for the next one, especially right there and with Univision as one of the partners. Uh, do you think that that that's a huge issue? I mean, in New York, Rana, everywhere we turn, there's discussions of the new migrant shelters popping up and there's protests. How much of an issue do you think that's going to be in the next debate, even more so? I hope it's a, an issue that's discussed. I think a lot of Americans are rightfully concerned about our open border. I, they're upset, uh, concerned about the amount of fentanyl coming into our country through that porous border. We just we've seen terrorist cells trying to use that border. And I also think a big topic is the growth of the Republican Party in the Hispanic community uh, and the fact that we're seeing more and more Hispanic voters turn to the Republican Party. You see great, great Congress people like Juan Siscomani and Elvira Salazar and Carlos Jimenez and uh, Laura Chavez Dorima and Monica de la Cruz. And we have so many new voices in our party and we really are expanding to Hispanic voters. And in California, you've got Garcia and Valadeo and Duarte. So this is a new demographic for our party, which really is changing the way elections look. And if we can attract Hispanic voters, it changes the whole whole mindset for the Democrat Party. Rona, you're the head of the Republican Party in the United States of America. Uh, Last question. What what do you want to tell every American uh, about straightening out our country? that it doesn't happen without getting involved and you can't sit on the sidelines and put it in the hands of others. You have to get involved, go to GOP.com, go to bankyourvote.com. We need people to vote early and we need to make sure that we're engaging and the RNC, we're the turnout. We micro target and, and data drive how we turn out our vote. And that's going to be critical to the infrastructure because we have the best Senate map we're going to have in 12 years. 
We have to hold the House and we have to keep the White House if we want to turn this thing around. And it's going to be too late if we wait until the next election. I think this is the election we have to engage. Rona McDaniel, thank you so much. Uh, keep uh, keep us informed. Keep the America informed. And uh, God bless you and God bless America. God bless you guys. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank let's, you. Let's take a break. And who are we going to come back, Rita? Well, we've got Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on some bombshell testimony and today. And attackers. And, and guess what, uh, John? As we're talking about security at the border, uh, the FBI is trying to track migrants who entered with the help of ISIS-linked smugglers. Talk about a security concern. We're going to be talking about that after the break. Wow. Let's take that break, and we'll be right back. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And today, blockbuster testimony happening on Capitol Hill from angry families who lost their loved ones on the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. Remember the 13 U.S. service members who were killed and the Gold Star mothers and fathers said no one has been held accountable. They are furious. And joining us now to talk about that and so much more is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, head of the London Center for Policy Research and Project Sentinel, former Intel, Intel officer. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, uh, what is going on? Why has no one even been demoted? And the family members are saying today they never even got like an I'm sorry from the White House, which is shameful. Well, it's, it's terrible. Look, uh, Lloyd Austin, General Austin, Secretary of Defense Austin has been there. I worked for Austin when he was a brigadier general. So it's shameful that a man who actually served in combat in that very area has done nothing for this. And of course, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who, uh, you know, basically allowed this to happen, uh, has, has, you know, just kind of shuffled on. He's going to retire here in a few days uh, with no ill consequences. And uh, Tony, uh, Tony, I thought that Mark, I thought that General Milley, uh, said that he told the president and the, prem- the president overrode him. Doesn't matter, John. He, he should have resigned then. This is where nobody has the guts to stand up and say, this is enough. I cannot stand for it. I cannot stand for this level of, of bad leadership. So Milley went along and obviously he didn't resign over it. He's still there. He's going to resign. You know, again, you know John, he's going to go off and get a, a multi-thousand dollar a year job working for some defense concern. I mean, there's no consequences to him. And then, you know, shameful as it is, the, the actual anniversary was uh, on the 26th. I understand there was testimony that all those generals, all the people in charge, told the president, you're doing it wrong, sir. You, we should not do yes. it. We should leave some troops. And the president said to them that he overrode them. That was the testimony, I believe, in Congress. Yeah, it, it was. It was. But they yeah, said it, it after it, the it, fact. Remember, they didn't say anything during. They said it after the fact. No, I mean, you're a general and the president gives you a uh, order. You're going to say, yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, that's That's the way. But uh, your point is a good one, John, because what it means is he unilaterally. John's point is a superb one that he unilaterally and and gave up Bagram, did all these other things. It's shameful. He did. No doubt that all, all the bucks stopped with Biden. With that said, John, general officers have the option of resigning. And this is where nothing was done. If you had Milley resigning over this, we would have had investigations right after it happened. Well, the head of the FBI, uh, Christopher Wray, hasn't resigned. And he's been ordered by the Department of Justice to do some things that I feel, I, my personal feeling were wrong. And the only person punished was Colonel Scheller. 
The only person right. who now tell up. everybody who Colonel Colonel Scheller's Colonel the guy Scheller, who spoke out, a, and then right. he gets let go. Right, he says he spoke out, and he was. But he was in, an underling. I mean, he wasn't a, a milling right. level. Right. He was a, a, exactly. Right. I, I actually, I was actually a witness and testified at Scheller's trial at Camp Lejeune, and I testified to the fact that he was a whistleblower, and yes, he was being punished for being the only guy in the room who actually did the right thing and said this was wrong and this is why I should have stopped. The other general should have followed him. They should have had the honor to actually stand up and say, look, I, I will not permit this to happen. They didn't do that. And and people forget, uh, Colonel, that uh, Millie was the one that called the Chinese and said, don't worry, I'll control Trump. He won't do anything. I'll stop him. That's correct. And that was an act of treason as far as I'm concerned. And, and you, you actually both gave of us. the information. Yeah. He gave information to the enemy, to an, to an enemy that could have done something to disrupt our ability to defend our equity. So the bottom line is, John, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you that Biden made the decisions. With that said, other officers should have followed Schiller, Lieutenant Colonel Schiller, who had the courage to say this could have been prevented. And I think that's what Comer's trying to get to today, that multiple decisions made at the senior level by Biden resulted in the, the tragedy that we know that killed these 13 service members and has left uh, the Taliban. Look, the Taliban was left better off when we left two years ago than we did, than they were when we uh, did the invasion in 2001. Think about that. We actually made the enemy stronger by the way that Biden handled the withdrawal. And uh, the people who died are owed answers. And there's no answers that have been given by the administration. Biden didn't even acknowledge the the, the death until uh, Uh, about five days ago. And Colonel, one last question. Uh, Do you know what's happening with all that $80 billion of weaponry that we left behind? There was a list. Somebody was going over. uh, The former head of the CIA in Moscow sent me a list uh, of all the weapons that were left behind. And now what have they done with it? Are they selling it off to terrorist groups? What are they doing with this stuff? You know they got to be. What are they doing, Tony? They're they're doing three things. First off, they've sold the most high-tech equipment to the Chinese and Russians. They took and took... The, the most advanced uh, uh, optics, night optics, some of the uh, weapon systems that were on aircraft, they sold it off. Second, wow. they've, they've opened Afghanistan as, a, as, the, as a, the, the Disneyland for training for terrorists. They actually have people coming into Afghanistan, paying the Afghan government to be trained as terrorists on the gear that we left them. And third, they're, they're actually using that gear that we left, at trying to, as best they can, create their own military around what we left. So those are the three things that are doing with it. But all of it's bad, and all of it's going to be ultimately used to kill Americans down the road at some point in time. For sure. Yeah, for sure. so shameful. Thank Tony, you. thank you. Thank you, Tony Schaefer, yeah, and sure. thank you for everything you've done for America and continue to speak out for it, and we'll catch up again real soon. Great. Let's Thanks, take a, Thank you, thank thank you. you Let's so much. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Congresswoman uh, Nicole Magnitakis to find out some other interesting facts. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now to talk about what a disaster our border is and the migrant crisis in New York with the shelters popping up everywhere is 
New York Congresswoman, we love her, from New York, Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, Congresswoman Maliotakis, did you see this report? You and I were talking a couple days ago just about what a huge security issue it is. There's a huge report that just came out that now the FBI is scrambling to find more than a dozen. These are Uzbek nationals from Uzbekistan. Uh, apparently, they got help from ISIS to cross the border. I mean, this is like our worst nightmare, Congresswoman. Yeah, exactly right, Rita. And you and I have been talking about this, and we've been warning that having an open border policy the way that Joe Biden has allowed with no vetting, and not only that, inundating inundating our Customs and Border Patrol agents where there is now 1.7 million people that are estimated to have evaded all any interaction with our government. That That's the question. Who is among those individuals who gained entry to this country? I mean, these individuals actually came and applied for asylum. Okay, there's a 1.7 million more who had zero interaction snuck in. And and we are concerned because, look, the debacle in Afghanistan, Bagram Air Base, what happened there? Well, they they released hundreds of prisoners from a jail. And are they gaining access to our country? Um, Those are Al Qaeda members. I mean, look, there is a tremendous concern about national security, and we are two weeks away from 9-11. So I have to reiterate to my fellow politicians in New York, we got to wake up here. Let's not let's not make a a mistake that could cost American lives. We already know about the narco terrorism that's taking place. Uh, hundred over 100,000 American lives a year to drugs and fentanyl. We know that there's been rings set up here in the United States, cities across our country, where they're selling uh, these drugs that are coming over our southern border. We also know that there's transnational organizations that have set up retail theft uh, chains, and we also know that there are rings that are dealing with Car thefts, New York City has seen car thefts skyrocketing. They're putting those cars at the port on a ship, going to sell them to Africa and Dominican Republic. Um, that's another transnational organization that's occurring, a crime that's occurring here. So, look, we can prevent it all if we had common sense. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, leadership at the city level, state level, and the federal level, whether you're talking about Adams, Hochul, or Biden, lacking common sense here. You know, did you see also that uh, they're also now smugglers? There's all these images heavily armed across the border. That's what's so scary as we're talking about all the security risks. There's, there was an image today of them wearing this massive body armor, like they're going to war. You know, they're going to battle, and they're crossing our southern border into well, our well, country. We're going to hurt Americans. The American people are going to get hurt. Yeah, that's the that's the big fear. And also, if they're not vetted, John, and and we don't know their backgrounds, and many of them Where's single don't male. Where's security guy? Yeah, where is he? Well, I, you know what? And Americans are getting hurt. They're dying each and every day from the drugs that are coming over the border. And what does our president do? He says, oh, we're going to send the military there. It sounds like a great soundbite, but what did he do? He sent the National Guard there to process paperwork to help more people come in, not to actually secure the border. And you know what's really troubling is that Biden and the DOJ are fighting us at every single turn. You see many lawsuits where Supreme Court has told them, reinstate Title 42 because there's concerns about these illnesses that are coming into the country. They already found gonorrhea, syphilis, dengue fever, tuberculosis, hepatitis. Um, They say, reinstate Title 42. Administration not only ignores, but fights back, uses our tax dollars, weaponizes the DOJ to appeal those decisions, whether it's Title 42, whether it's the Remain in Mexico, whether it's 
Texas taking it upon themselves to secure their border. The DOJ is actually yeah, it's, fighting it's them to make sure they remove remove the barriers that Texas put in place. To try it to it is ridiculous. Themselves. Now, by the way, we also have on the line uh, Vito Fasella, the borough president of Staten Island, your home uh, island, uh, Nicole. And Vito, I saw you on New York One last night, and you you, know, you, you were mad as heck. Can you tell us what's happening in uh, on Staten Island? Nicole has been telling us about the borders. That's a mess. What's going on in Staten Island? Well, thanks for having me, and I've been listening to Nicole, and I, I don't want to repeat what she said because I agree with everything she did. Uh, what's happening locally is no surprise to anybody who's been following this for the last year. When you invite folks who come across the border, many of whom illegally, you say you're going to put them up in free hotels and feed them and free health care and everything that comes along with that and education and debit cards, they're going to come. And we said it was going to be unsustainable last year. Now everybody's on the same page. In fact, everybody's pointing at each other like it's his fault, it's her fault, it's his fault. It's, a, it's the fact that, as Nicole said, open borders coupled with this notion that we have to accommodate the world and the logical extension is if a million people came today, there are people in New York City who feel we have to put them up in a hotel for a year or so. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard other than defund the police. And, and that's what we're fighting. And the people of Staten Island have been standing up and fighting it and saying enough is enough. As you all know, you've been kind enough to tell the story of this new migrant shelter across from an all-girls school, two elementary schools in the heart of a residential neighborhood. If you could pick the worst place in the United States to pick a migrant shelter, it would be this place. So we're fighting. We're suing. We're doing everything we can to bring common sense back. Now, there's to, an argument going on be, be, between Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams. And uh, Mayor Adams is asking Governor Hochul to to extend uh, uh, the uh, um, migrants to the other uh, counties. And she's saying so, uh, no. And she says no, which is, you know, I commend Governor Hochul for that. Yeah, she's saying I mean, no. Suffolk County, Nassau County says no freaking way uh, of uh, – uh, Bruce Blakeman said Yeah, that. he was like, no and way the guy that's running for uh, Suffolk County, Maine, yep. Suffolk County, County Executive, he says, no, no Suffolk County, no freaking way. The only guy that says yes is the guy uh, in Westchester. I don't even know his name. Yeah, the Democrat there, yeah. Who, who is he? Do you yeah, know? George Latimer. Yeah, George, George Latimer. Latimer. Well, send them there if, you, if George Latimer wants them. Yeah, but it is, it's interesting to see the back and forth, you guys, because Hochul just came out. She said, this agreement, she's referring to right to shelter, does not apply to the state's 57 other counties. Wow, I, I commend, I, I commend Governor Hochul for that. Well, it's a losing argument, I, I believe, for the city to fight her on that. In the Callahan decision, you carry was the lead defendant and Mayor Koch second. Both the state and the city is wrapped up in that consent. However, look at this politically. Why would Hoku take migrants north of Westchester County? That's her base. Why would she do that? Why would she go? That's her, right. You know. Yeah, uh, she's saying well, no I way. support Hoku in, in not expanding the problem. The problem is New York City, the five boroughs right now. We have to solve that problem. I call on Eric Adams. Solve the problem. Hochul's not going to solve it for you. Put him on Rikers Island. Yeah, by the way, he's got to take care of it because the White House is saying it's not our problem. Uh, Hochul's saying it's not our problem. Uh, Nicole uh, and, and, uh, you know, Vito, I don't buy the notion of they're doing this to get votes, bring in new voters. 
What do y'all think is actually? It? Let me bring in Nicole on that because you brought yeah. up a great point, Nicole. The other night when you and I were talking, I want you to repeat this because this was really a bombshell. Remember, Congresswoman, you yeah, saw so, you said so, about the you know, right to vote. Yeah, Vito and I are actually partners and plaintiffs in that lawsuit as well. Uh, the New York City Council on to Bill de Blasio passed a law that would allow non-citizens to vote if they have work authorization and have resided in New York City for 30 days. And so I believe this opens up a can of worms where these these migrants would be eligible to register to vote. And so that's another lawsuit where Vito and I have to work together to try to um, call for common sense. Obviously, citizens should only be voting. But Hochul is also continuing to incentivize it. She said she she says one thing and then she goes and asks federal government to provide funding more federal sites to open up more shelters and encampments. She's asking for money to give free metro cards to the migrants. She's asking for money. And, to and the federal government said no freaking way. Yeah, they said no way. No you know way. what? You know what? Did you hear what Nicole just said? It's really a bombshell that with this push to get them work permits, they could classify technically as legal non-citizens and then be able to vote in municipal elections, which oh is God. city council, so, mayor. You know something, as an African American. Uh, uh, go ahead, Nicole. No, this is Edo. Oh, I just wanted to sort of say we, we can't pretend that there aren't a group of people who want this to happen. Otherwise, it wouldn't have sailed through the city council. And, and don't forget, we won at the state level, the trial level. The city appealed it. So there are still forces who think it's okay to have non-citizens allowed to vote in municipal elections. Wow. And uh, Rudy, real quick. Rudy Washington, real you know, quick. Like I was just going to say, I'm African-American and I feel the You're losers. You're Caribbean-American. I'm African-American and I, I believe the losers in this will be black males. I mean, and, and, and all we're doing is creating lose a magnet. Lose jobs. You're they saying lose, lose jobs. jobs. And we're Sad. creating a magnet that would attract hundreds of thousands or more. To New York well, City. Nicole, thank you for everything you do. Vito, you're fighting real hard, too. Thank and, you. We love you both. Rudy Washington, you speak out like a, a real warrior. Like George Rita. Washington's relative. We love it. George Washington's relative. Thank you. And uh, we what all we? stand for truth, truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.